0: Good morning Graceway! Today is Friday, October the 18th, and this is Enoch and Dohi. from the Morning Bible Study teaching team. We'll be picking up our study of Mark with verses 2 to 8 of chapter 9. After Jesus reveals to his disciples the inevitable end of his mission in crucifixion, his identity is revealed to a few of his close disciples. If you want to follow along, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. I'll be reading the narrative.
1: And I'll be reading the dialogue.
0: Let's begin. Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 8. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And
1: Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, um, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah.
0: For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified, and a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud
1: this is my beloved son listen to him
0: and suddenly looking around they no longer saw anyone with them but jesus only
1: so this is a pretty astonishing vision
0: just pretty astonishing i mean i think it's one of like the most astonishing in the whole bible actually
1: wait why do you say
0: that I mean, well, let's take a step back and think about what's happened here. So Jesus goes up on a mountain. He's really shiny. And he talks with Elijah and Moses. I mean, the significance of this would not have been lost. And, you know, we know it wasn't lost on the disciples who went up with him. Right. That's because out of all the prophets, all the kings, all the priests, all the patriarchs in Israel's history, there are only two who are granted to get a glimpse of God, Moses and Elijah. Right, so after experiencing devastating setbacks, right, both Moses and Eliza retreat to a mountain and they get to see God in his glory as he passes by.
1: Yeah, I mean, Moses' encounter with God in Exodus 33 is one of my very favorites. It takes place after the episode with the Golden calf. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just imagine how disappointed Moses must have been. God had brought them out of Egypt led them through the wilderness in a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night and given his law to them from the mountaintop. And after all that, Israel immediately breaks the commandments by creating an idol for themselves. Somehow, they just don't get it.
0: Yeah, that must have been really hard for Moses.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, after all that, God tells Moses to prepare to leave, But given what has happened, he's not going to go with them because God will just destroy the people because of their sinfulness. But then the most amazing thing happens. Moses pretty much says, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, then what's the point of going? And God says something pretty amazing back to him. He says, because it's you who's asking me, And I know you by name. I'll go.
0: So basically, Moses is saying that even though all of Israel has sinned and disobeyed God, that because he hadn't, it's still possible for God to go with them?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's right after this that Moses asks God, Show me your glory.
0: Wow, I mean, it's like, God says, I know you by name. And then Moses is saying, but I want to know you by name too.
1: Right. And then God speaks one of my favorite lines. He says, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And then God puts Moses in a cleft of a rock, covers him with a hand, and he passes by, then removes the hand so that Moses can see his back. His back, but not his face.
0: Wait, so when we're singing Rock of Ages Cleft for Me, we're singing about Moses seeing God's
1: behind? Har, har, har. Um... But no, really, seriously, it's one of the most intimate moments in the entire Old Testament.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's right. And you know it was an epic moment because when Moses comes down from the mountain, his face is shining. And it's so bright that he has to put a veil over it because it was freaking everyone out.
1: Right. I mean, he was changed forever.
0: Yeah, and that's right. And there's this like a repeat experience with Elijah. Right. Right, So, you know, he's out there being incredibly zealous for God. He's in a situation where, you know, the king of Israel is leading his people astray. They're all He's getting them all to worship Baal. And even though he's it's like a one-man army, right, Elijah just basically sets up this giant contest between God and Baal so he could show all Israel once and for all that God is God and that Baal's just an idol.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love that story too. And when I tell it to the kids at church, they love it.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much what happens, right? So Elijah, you know, we know the story, covers the altar of water, and, you know, laughs at all the Baal worshippers trying to get right. Baal to, to catch it on fire, and he just prays, and fire comes down from heaven and burns it all up. Right. I mean, like, are you going to get any more of an obvious sign about, you know, who actually like has power here? And But what's astounding about all this is, like, this all happens in front of everyone's eyes, and... The people don't get it. Like, after that, the king still goes after Elijah. And the people keep on following Baal still.
1: Seriously. They just don't get it. It must have driven Elijah batty.
0: I mean, like... Like, not just batty. Like, crippling depression. I mean, like, right after that, Elijah flees into the wilderness. And he just, like, prays. And he's like, God, let me die. Mm. He's like, I don't even know what else there is to do. I mean, how much more obvious could it have been? What's the point? Just take me. Um... But then, you know, God doesn't let him die. And so, you know, he's like, Elijah's Elijah. So he gets up, runs 40 days and 40 nights to get to Mount Horeb so he can stand in front of God's face and tell him to his face.
1: Yeah, I mean, 40 days and 40 nights, Mount Horeb. That's like Moses.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's the same mountain, right? And just like Moses, Elijah shows up makes a personal appeal to God on on the basis of his faithfulness, right? I mean, how many of us can say what Elijah said, right? I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me, too.
1: Man, I think mean, he's just exhausted, isn't he? All that work, to what end? He seems majorly burnt out.
0: Yeah, but then this is when it happens. Like... Just like with Moses. He's in a cave, you know, a cleft in a rock. And then God tells him I'm going to pass by. Mm. And then we know, you know, there's this big wind. There's this giant earthquake. There's this fire. And then there's this still small voice. And when Elijah hears it, he covers his face and goes out to meet God.
1: Yeah. So Elijah sees God, too.
0: Yeah. And so when we get back to today's passage, right? When Jesus goes up on a mountain and talks with Moses and Elijah, right? Peter's absolutely terrified. Because, you know, he's thinking, oh my gosh, Jesus is on the same level of intimacy with God as these two giants of the faith.
1: Right. And I mean, this is no small matter for the disciples. They've grown up with stories about these giants And it's blowing their mind that Jesus is in their league.
0: I know. And like, but here's the kicker, you know, even that wasn't entirely right. Right. Because Jesus is actually beyond their league. Right. right? So right when Peter makes his babbling suggestion, like, I'll make a tent for all three. Right. As if they're all equals, which for him is like, you know, that's a big deal. Jesus is equal to Moses and Elijah. The cloud comes and a voice comes and corrects that misunderstanding. This is my son beloved one listen to him
1: okay so just like moses and elijah jesus is experiencing significant disappointment right he's doing all this ministry and people are just not getting it even his closest followers so he goes up to the mountain and you would expect at this moment that like moses and elijah jesus would also see god pass by but instead God reveals Jesus to the disciples. I mean, that's like whoa!
0: I know, right? That's astounding. We don't know exactly like what happens between God and Moses or God and Elijah in that intimate moment of encounter. We just know it happened, right? And we don't know what the disciples felt right as they beheld Jesus's dazzling glory. But whatever did transpire. We know it gave them enough assurance to just press on.
1: Yeah, so like Moses did go down and he built the tabernacle where God would dwell while traveling with his people. And Elijah would go and Mm -hmm. anoint the king who would defeat Ahab and anoint Elisha as his successor. And even though the disciples may still not have understood everything, Peter, James, and John would lead the church after Jesus' ascension.
0: Yeah, that's right. And probably what's the most astonishing about all this is that the intimacy that all these people were able to experience is something that's actually accessible to the people of God now. Hmm. I mean, right, in 2 Corinthians, we have Paul writing that we can all behold God in his glory, in God's presence. Among us is the spirit, right? The glow that the Israelites saw in Moses' face after God passed him by. Paul says we can see that in one another.
1: So tell me, I guess this is the big question, right? Tell me, do you see the glory of God in others? Yeah. I guess that's a big challenge.
0: If we see Jesus, we've seen something. We can see that glory. And we can see it in other people. So that's it for today. Join us Monday for more from the Gospel of Mark.
1: This is Enoch. And we. Signing out.